You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market. And Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey, everybody, welcome back, Union 0430. And I got to tell you, we've got our first professional athlete that's come on with us and big, big duck hunter um, living in Oregon right now, just moved into Oregon, playing for the local team in, in the major uh, league soccer league, MLS, major league soccer. Yeah, major <laughs> league soccer. Yeah, I was like major league soccer cool. league is what I was about <laughs> to say, um, but we've got um We've got David Bingham coming to us. He's he's a like I said, not a big deal, but he's he's a professional athlete. So <laughs> we've got David joining us, coming to us from Oregon, and uh, it's just him and I tonight, or him and I tonight, as the boys are scattered all over the place. But uh, it's going to be fun, and we're going to dig into uh, we're going to dig into David and his and his waterfowling career when he's not being a goalie for a professional soccer team. So. Um, David, buddy, thanks for, thanks for coming on. I know, I know we were going to try and get you on a couple of weeks earlier, but American Thanksgiving and everything and, and trying to make our schedules work. So, um, thanks man for, for having some patience with me and, and finally, uh, finally able to get you on. Yeah. Glad it worked out. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, absolutely. So buddy, um, you know, first things first world cup is on the go right now. Um, I got that. So I, I'm Canadian, right? Grew up playing hockey. That's the only thing I know. So I've only gotten gotten into soccer because my daughter plays uh, some pretty competitive soccer now. Um, so I'm I'm starting to get bit by the bug. Um, so this is the first year I've ever watched any World Cup soccer, and and I'm getting everything from her. But um, I got to ask your opinion. Like um, Ronaldo sits yesterday. Like what are you? What are your thoughts on sitting Ronaldo? And but but it that that guy that took his place scored three goals, so I guess it's not that bad. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's always a double-edged sword, right? If it if you sit him, you're yeah. you're getting slack from someone. Yeah. And then I mean the guy did, of course, he did. Yeah, he played well, but at the end of the day, it's like you're taking one of the best players out in the history of the game. So it's it's challenging, and if. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not many people would have would have done that. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. So, um, so David, buddy, you know, it, I don't want to say like it's it it's it's weird or or it's strange or or anything like that, but um, you know, following your social media, like it is two totally different worlds. You are soccer player and a duck hunter. There is no in between on your side, like looking at your social media. There's no, there's no gray area. You're playing soccer. When you're not playing soccer, you're chasing birds. Where did, where did this, you know, love of chasing birds come from? Uh, it started off when I was like five or six. My dad was a big hunter. Yeah. Um, I kind of grew up, like you said, either playing soccer or, or mm-hmm. hunting ducks. And I remember it was always, play on the weekends and then hop in the truck and then go up to the Sac Valley and, and try to shoot for a day or two and then bounce back for soccer. And I grew up doing it. I've been doing it since I was, like I said, five or six and had a 
put a little pause on it in between high school and college just because soccer is all all encompassing in your schedule yeah and then picked it back up in college and then been been hitting it hard for the last 15 16 years that's amazing and you you grew up in california right yeah i grew up in northern california in the bay area like and and we've had a couple we've had a couple dudes on the show over the last couple of years that are from California and it's it's one of those states because California is so big, um, I I think most people and and me included uh, when I think California I just think Southern California right I never think of of California as being this duck state. But it is a duck state. Like there's a ton of hunters and there's a ton of birds that comes down through there, right? So, um, and I would say out of all the states in the US, um, we've had more guests on the show from California than any other, which is which is wild because I before we started this show, I would never have thought that California was producing so many hunters, but here we are. Yeah, it's definitely one of the states that's overlooked. I think it's probably the best state for waterfowl in the whole country. If you look really? at just the amount of birds and the diversity that we have, you can be, I mean, in the morning, you can be out on the bay shooting sea ducks. In the afternoon, you can be in a, a rice field or cornfield shooting geese out of it. So it's just one of those states where it's, you literally have endless opportunities to chase birds around and if you like ducks, you can chase ducks. And if you like geese, you can chase geese. Um, there's great dove, quail, chucker hunting up here too. So like there's a little bit of everything. Whereas if you go down to the Midwest, so you go mm-hmm. down, down South, you're pretty much limited on the species you're going to shoot mm-hmm. in California. I mean, you can shoot golden eyes, blue wings, cinnamon, I mallards, know. <laughs> pintails, specks, snows, Aleutians, honkers, cacklers. You can shoot, you can shoot everything. Whereas, yeah, you go to the Midwest and you're really down to like five or six species, but you can come out on a day with us and shoot ten different species in the same that's day. Ama- that's amazing. So. And and the cinnamon teal seems to be, um, or or it is for for us like that. That's a that's a bucket list bird for so many dudes, right? Like, and I don't know the full light path or the you know the habitat of the cinnamon teal, but all I do know is that it's on you know the southwest coast of, of the continent. So. Um, yeah, it, it sounds like you're in a pretty good spot when you, when you can scratch off yeah. 10 different, when you can scratch off 10 different, uh, species like that, that's a, a prime prime hunting flyway, you know, whatever it is you want to call it. It is a prime area. And, and I guess maybe we shouldn't be making such a big deal out of California. Cause maybe that'll start pushing way more hunters that way. Um, but yeah, like it, it just blows my mind every time I talk to somebody from California when they talk about how much hunting, how much, how much hunting property or yeah, hunting area that there is, especially in Northern California. Um, it, it's, I don't know, it just always blows my mind because for, for us Canadians, all we ever think about is Arkansas and Louisiana and, you know, Missouri. And, you know, when it comes to geese, well, we think about the, the Dakotas and and Minnesota and those areas, but like, and now, and now you're in Oregon. And since we've been, um, you know, sort of working with the boys from, from first light, like we hear all about Idaho, Oregon, these areas now. And it's like, Holy smokes. Like there's so many States that you don't even think of. And they're just, 
populated. It, it's it's amazing. Yeah, the, the West Coast is definitely big in waterfowling. I think you go up to Eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably have the best mallard hunting in the entire country. I mean, it, it blows Arkansas away. You go up there, and it's incredible how they how they shoot consistently. Yeah, um, how, how many mallards they hold, and then you come into Oregon, shoot a lot of mallards in November. Then you're shooting a lot of widgeon, pintail, teal, kind of December or January. And then you go to California, and you it's whatever you want, you can find it. Like this is, see if you can see this. This is one morning. Where's my camera? Yeah, I got you. Look at that. There you go. Trifecta in one yeah. morning down in California, and it's it's not uncommon for guys to go out and, and do stuff like that. That's Maybe amazing. not daily, but every month right. in California to do something like that. And it's definitely one of those special states where, like you said, people think about like Arkansas and all those places to shoot geese and that nasty cement mud. Well, in California, you go out in a t-shirt and <laughs> lay in the field and put yeah. your spread out. You drive your truck in the field and put your spread out and you can just hammer them. And it's it's definitely overlooked and it's definitely competitive. There's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of guys up there chasing birds and a yep. lot of lands locked up, but it's it's if you can find the right spots, it's definitely a a great spot to go. Yeah, no doubt. Well, d- do you do you follow uh, a gentleman by the name of Matt Judy on uh, on Instagram? Anyways, he's in Washington State, and the yep. amount the hunts that he does, and when you brought up the mallards, um, and it wasn't so much mallards that it's the widgeon that I say I've never it's seen a so much. Killer. Holy smokes, man! It's insane the amount of widgeon that that those guys get in, in Washington. Yeah, I think I'm not positive, but I think he's on the, the West side of the state where they yeah. get a lot of rain and mm-hmm. they're shooting those like big grass fields, kind of maybe clover fields that kind of get that little, like two, three inches of sheet water in it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, they, he puts on a pretty good show. I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's, he smashes widgeon pretty good up there. And I know he chases them kind of like you said, into Idaho and everything. And he's yep. a widgeon specialty kind of guy. And then <laughs> so you go to the Eastern part of the States, just mallards. If you, if you saw a widgeon, you, you'd be surprised. Like it's just all oh, really all mallards. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's crazy. And so Oregon now, like if you're looking, cause when I think of Oregon, all I, all I think of is, is uh, evergreen trees um you know like i don't i don't think of oregon as a as a big um agricultural state that is it like is that what's holding the birds in there is is the agriculture or is it just is it just like a land of a thousand lakes yeah oregon's unique man it's not like california where you have thousands and thousands of acres of ag land like it is in Mm -hmm. washington i think oregon is unique in the aspect of you have the rivers a lot of the refuges up here you can't hunt so it's not like the refuge i'm used to in california yeah um the refuges up in this area are closed zones essentially um okay. there's a couple you can shoot but majority of them are closed zones so those hold birds like i said you have the rivers and they there's a lot of like winter wheat fields ah. up here a lot a lot of clover fields right and then we also have flooded corn here as well so you kind of get a little diversity there's no rice up here but right a little diversity you can be chasing in the cornfield and then the next day you can be on the river shooting so it's definitely different than i would say washington and california where they kind of have like massive ag plots going on yeah we don't have that but 
Oregon has some pretty cool, like niche kind of hunting. That's yeah. definitely takes some getting used to, but it's, it's definitely, I think it's really, really fun to learn. If you're a duck hunter, it's, it's great. Well, that's a good point. You just brought that up. And, and so for a, for a fellow like you, where you, you know, you grew up in California, cut your teeth in California. Well, you learn how to duck hunt in California, uh, carry that into your adult years. And now you're, you're at a California or an Oregon, you've got to do a total reset now and, and, and relearn for that area because I'm, some people just don't, uh, get it that, um, there's some things that you can carry with you from state to state province to province, country to country, but, um, you've really got to reteach yourself now and relearn how to hunt in Oregon, right? Oh yeah. It's totally different. I think you, you said it best is, it's definitely different seeing how people hunt, for example, geese in the Midwest versus here or in Canada versus in yeah. California or up in Washington. And me and one of my buddies from Washington I was talking about all the time when you see these A-frames in the middle of the field yeah. and they're just hammering geese. I go, if we put an A-frame in the middle of the field, our geese would look at us, tell us to F off and then fly away. Like there's really, you, you, you wouldn't shoot one goose. You wouldn't shoot one bird. And it's like, you see stuff that Crazy. works there where if you come to the West Coast, there's no yeah. chance you're shooting birds out of an A-frame in the middle of the field. I don't care how you brush it. It's not happening. Really? No. They, they'd, they'd hit the field, laugh at you, turn around and fly away. <laughs> there's no chance. Flip you to bird as they're, as yeah, they're flying there, by. There's no way. And then, like you said, here is a lot of different type of hunting where you're on the river, so you're in, out of boats and you're yeah. working on your hide out of boats and working on the the tides and the currents and the wind and and try yeah. not to get stuck when you get in certain places and that kind of thing so it's definitely yeah. learning i got a really good buddy up here and he's kind of showing me the ropes in, in this area so that's helped yeah. a lot and we've been we've been chasing pretty good and definitely look forward to the next 30 days here so i yeah so so you're moving into that area now and you just said you got a pretty good buddy that's that's teaching it a ropes you know for any of the listeners that that's listening um that was stupid <laughs> but <laughs> but anybody that's listening um that that find themselves in a similar situation where you're new to an area like how did how did you how did you link up with a local dude in in order to you know to start hunting with him and then him ultimately you know showing you the ropes yeah i think people underestimate how tight-knit the hunting community is everyone knows someone some someplace you know mm -hmm. um, i'm a big dog trainer i love training competition dogs oh, um, wicked. And, and when i came up here i was i didn't know anyone right so i i still had my competition dogs to train and i reached out to one of my really good buddies down in Northern California. And he was like, yeah, okay, call this guy. He's a pro up there, or he, he's one of the best yeah. pros in the nation. He goes, he's an hour from you. Text oh, him. Awesome. I got in a dog group, started training dogs. My other buddy down in Northern California, he has the company uh, cupped up the custom duck yep. straps. Yeah. We're going like, to get to I, that. Yeah. He's like, I know he's like, my really good buddy is actually up about 10 minutes from your spot. Why don't you shoot him a call? He has a dog too. And he, he yeah. wants to kind of get the dog trained and all that stuff. So I go, perfect. So I yeah. shoot him a call and we just start bullshitting and we meet up to just to train dogs, work the dogs together in a kind of local environment. We hit it off and then we train dogs for six months and we're both just avid chase waterfowl guys. And 
and then we just started chasing. That's that's awesome. And and yeah, yeah I, I I think you're I think you're right. Um, it, and I think I don't know. It, it's it's sort of weird because I want to say that the the hunting community is tight knit, and and but yet I see there's sometimes I see things on on social media and and all this stuff that it makes me think are are we really as tight as what what I think we are or what I hope that we are. But I think it, it, I think it's got a lot to do with your attitude and how you present yourself too, right? Like, I, I think if, if you're an asshole, uh, and if you come across as an asshole on that very first meetup, well, then chances are people aren't going <laughs> to hang out with you, right? Like that, that's, and I think ultimately that's what it is. Like when people say, well, we're not as tight knit as, as what you would think. Well, what was your first impression when you met up with the person, right? Like, are, are you a fucking jerk or, or are you like a good dude when, when you went to meet up? Um, cause I think that that first impression is, is really, uh, the most important, right? So when you're, when you're meeting a stranger and you're hoping that this person's now going to become your hunting buddy and take you to his honey holes and, and you're going to train dogs with and, and all that stuff. Uh, that first impression, I think, is is probably the most important thing of everything. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, cu- a couple of things that go along with waterfowlers and, and kind of what you hit on of people saying we're not that tight-knit. Well, I think if you look at the generation kind of before me, yeah, it was very respectful and you would have friends and you would they would take you to their spot, you would take them to your spot, you would they would have you over for dinner. You would mm-hmm. bring something to dinner. If someone's bringing something to the table, if, if they take you to their honey hole, you're not then going back and taking your friends to that honey hole and, and blowing their spot up. You're not <laughs> yeah. doing that. Yeah. Whereas nowadays you look at everyone's trying to, I feel like, especially waterfowl hunters, the younger generation, um, they want the, they want those pictures. They want, they want yeah. birds on the ground. They want all the straps full, but they yeah. don't want to do the work for it. They don't want to, <laughs> They, they don't want to get up at three thirty and go scout when the tide's high, so they can drive around and see different spots. No, they just want to be told where to go, shoot their seven birds, and then get out of there. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it works. It's it's a grind. You gotta you gotta put the miles in. You gotta put the scouting in. Mm-hmm. It's you gotta put the ten hours making your boat right. You gotta make your custom custom blinds that you can walk in and and drop wherever you want them. Yeah, you need to have a like a hedger to trim to trim cover so you look natural you got to have all these things but yeah it's work and you have to bring something to the, to the table and no one's just going to have someone that tags long doesn't bring anything that's not yeah. how, it's not how it works and it's not even about bringing a monetary thing it's about helping put out decoys maybe getting there early help helping set up helping clean the boat after yeah. like small things like that go a long way in this community and and it's something that I think the younger generation's definitely missing out on is yeah. kind of the respect and the work ethic that the older generation had of waterfowlers. And if someone's saying, Hey, we need to leave at 4am. Okay. Well then you're there at three forty asking, Hey, what, what can I do to help you? Do you need help? Do you want me to bring breakfast? Do you yeah. need help with your dog? Does your wife need help with X and Y? And, it, and it's those kind of things that I think go a long way. And and even inviting people over to your house after a hunt. Hey, why don't you guys come over? I'll cook dinner for all you guys. I appreciate you having me out. Just small gestures like that go a long way that Absolutely. I think we need, to, we need to get back to. You know what? Really good point because um, if I was to say that in, in my experience, the biggest thing that I 
uh, look for when it comes to like help would be to because I always find people always skip out on the scout, right? Nobody wants yeah. to go scout. Like <laughs> I find most people don't mind helping you slug decoys or or grass in a boat or anything, but it's the scout that that people just like oh, I don't want to go scout. Um, but you know, you bring up some really good points. Like it, it's those little who's bringing coffee for 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 yeah. the morning, right? Like who's going to stop in at you know the coffee shop and pick up a bunch of coffee and and be the dude that that does the coffee run for us, right? And and you're right, it is. It's little things. It doesn't have to be um, a big pile of money or a big you know drop of money into someone's pocket. It could yep. simply be, hey, listen, I'll I'll get coffee. I'll be the coffee guy for the rest of the fall more or less you know what i mean and and then yeah. everybody does their little piece and and that's how well you know you're you're a professional athlete so it it takes a team right like it it takes a it takes a a village in order in order to make it happen so um and and i think that's unlike any other hunting and i'm not a big i i don't do a lot of big game hunting or anything like that it's mostly just ducks and geese for me but i don't think there's a partnership or a team aspect much like it is for waterfowl hunting because you need so many different people to bring so many different things to the table in order to make it work yeah definitely i think especially when you're getting into like if you're like i'm a big goose guy that's kind of that's like if i had to pick one thing to only chase i'm chasing geese it, it's massive and like you oh, said nice. it's not about having the most decoys or having the best yep. stuff it it's it, we all understand everyone's at a different point in life right it's just yeah. that's just how it is so like i think between me and two of my buddies i think we have like i don't know 150 dozen full bodies probably about 300 dozen socks 50 dozen silos mm-hmm. so like we have the gear but yeah. we can't put that out ourselves it's just it's right. not how it works it's about mm-hmm. finding guys who are willing to get up at 3 a.m be there on time they're not leaving at noon because oh i have to go now because i have to go do x y and z so now you're picking up the spread yourself it's really about finding like a good group of like core guys Mm -hmm. and then we have our good group of core guys and obviously we're always welcome to bring guys in but it's hard to find guys that are willing to do the same amount of work to and not just Mm -hmm. show up for the hunts and then leave like you're like the scouting no yeah. one really likes driving for 150 miles down, <laughs> especially down with the price roads. of fuel these days. Yeah, I mean it's rough. We just came yeah. down a little bit. We're at 350 now. Let's go Oregon. <laughs> well, I spoke to Jeff Coates. I don't know if you know Jeff Coates, but Jeff Coates is over in Maryland, and I spoke to him yesterday, and he's paying five dollars a gallon. Oh man, our I think our diesel is about five, but gas. Is that's three, that's his diesel. That's, that was his diesel. Was five? I think he said five nineteen, or it was either five nineteen or five thirty nine. That's the two numbers that are that's sticking in yeah. my head per gallon. And I'm like, first when he said it, I was like, holy! I was like, that's not that bad because well, yeah, we're, cause we're in le- yeah head. we're in leaders. We're in liters, right? So, and there's there's roughly four liters to a gallon. So I'm like, well, you know, five five nineteen, you know, that's that's a dollar, you know, whatever. We're at a dollar three. So right now, our gas. So we're at. I'd say we're we're five. Yeah, we're almost we're just over five dollars a gallon for gas right now. Jeez, that is insane, right? Yeah. 
it, it's rough, especially when you're talking about, I mean, people think scouting is like you hop in your car, you go check like one, two fields. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. No. Right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an all day it, thing, right? It's, it's definitely, it's, I've learned it's different depending on what state you're on. So yeah, out here, it's like, I know where they're roosting and right. Washington, you know, where they're roosting. Right. So it's like, okay, park your truck, the direction yeah. you think they're going to fly. <laughs> and then you just, when they start flying, you're hammering it and you're following, you're chasing them. And out here <laughs> we have our early, uh, early Canada season. Yeah. And, and well, if anyone knows anything about Oregon, it's always rainy precipitation. Mm-hmm. You get fog dude it's like all right well crap so i set up and it's early right i mean like you said it's this is four days before the season starts so i'm out there at like 5 6 a.m waiting yeah. to see where they fly they get up the first day it's foggy they fly you hammer the truck turn around chase yeah. them where they go it's foggy there's trees everywhere you lose them it's like crap okay yeah second day and that's after you drive around for an hour just looking in fields trying to find them mm-hmm. second day park a little farther on that side they flew out yeah and then you find and then you finally find them and then it's just like scouting is a two three four hour thing in the morning and then in the evening it's the same thing trying to see where they're loafing in the middle of the day and then it's just like no one wants to do that it's hard it's like it's annoying so yeah one of my buddies in washington does the same thing so we just call each other when we're scouting and just shoot the shit while we're driving down back roads and and just trying to like hey you got any luck today i'm striking out like this is rough but, so it's just, and that goes, you know, maybe that 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 got a lot to do with the fact, that, um, you know, I'm thinking to to a comment you made earlier where you said, you know, the this generation and and it's this generation of bird hunters. It it's not so much that it has to be the the twenty or the the eighteen year old kid. It's I think it's this generation of bird hunters. So you could be forty five years years old, but this is really when you're starting to take up um, bird hunting. Um, but it, everything has to happen quick. Right. And so this, this idea of, you know, four days before season open, what it's not, I'm not even going to get to shoot anything. And you want me up at five to go sit down and just watch birds, but we're not even going to shoot anything. Um, so, so it's like, you, no, I want you up at four actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I want you here at five. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So it, there's something to be said um, for the fact that, you know what, just just relax, enjoy it, re- enjoy it, um, put the work in. Because I know scouting don't sound like a lot of fun, but if you got a buddy in the truck with you, you could probably have some of the most uh, deep, the deepest conversations you'll ever have is while you're scouting because you can unravel some of the world's greatest <laughs> greatest mysteries while you're while you're sitting oh, yeah. while you're sitting scouting drinking uh eating eating gas station sushi and uh no and... tornadoes gas <laughs> station <laughs> tornadoes what's a tornado what's a tornado oh my god this is canada's not doing it right so mm-hmm. they're like little taquitos yeah they're they're called tornadoes it's the best gas station food on the west coast hands down 100%. really tornadoes well so we had the boys from first light up last march to hunt snows with us and uh, we have this thing called butter tarts and they had never ever heard tell of a butter tart before so we had to bring them and 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 it is it's yeah it's amazing so i'm pretty and that's gas station we get those at the gas station so we're gonna have to do a swap of butter tarts and tornadoes here tornadoes are a thing of beauties (laughs) good god 
<laughs> ah, that's awesome. Okay, let's talk about custom straps because yep. that stuff is awesome. And I reached out to the to the owner um, and I was like, this is my idea. This is what I want. Um, I, I need you to make this for me. And then when we started looking at shipping costs into Canada, I'm like, buddy, I'd love to get it. It's crazy. It is insane, dude. Like, it, it's just insane to try and get anything out of the States across the border into Canada. As soon as it arrives at customs and Canada gets their hands on it, it's just start, just ding, 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 ding. It's just cash, cash, yeah. cash, cash. It is ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. They make, it's he, he makes some of the best straps I've oh, ever yeah. seen. And not only just like the cool nuance of like a custom strap, but also the utility of it. Um, for example, they make detachable rings on them. So you mm -hmm. have a nice leather strap. There's small ones, there's large ones. You can put whatever you want on them, which is yep. super cool. Yep. But the detachable rings, now me and all my buddies run detachables and we run it doesn't matter what strap you could have a large one have a small one all the detachables are the same right okay well, sometimes people have to work the next day and vice versa sometimes they have a family get together or holidays yep. or whatever it is and someone's able to clean birds while the other person isn't right right great well just hand me the detachable call take it home oh by the way here's one of mine and you just flip flop that ah. you flip flop back and forth and it, it's great like in in my goose trailers we have we have J hooks on them. You yeah. take the detachable on, hang the bird in the goose trailer, or you grab another one off, you go back out, or however, however oh, you yeah. want to do it. Yeah, yeah, it makes They're, sense. The utility of them is definitely undervalued. Yeah. Their look and their aesthetic, it, it's killer. Like, I have one picture. I think I have like, we tried to hold up, I think it was like 20, 20 something honkers. I mean, big boys one strap it took three guys to lift it yeah i was gonna it, say straps good we've put i think we've put 80 snows on one strap before really doesn't oh easy no problem um that's insane i, I had a i have up here i have small ones with me yeah. we had 30 i think i had 30 cacklers on it around my neck Let's see if i have a photo I'm um, you keep talking i'm gonna find the photo and i'll bring it up yeah and, and it's just like the the way they're able to customize them and uh well just, that's the thing I, that that's what i liked about it is like anything you want like just just dream it up if, if he can plug it into the computer it, it's yep. it's gonna get done right so whatever it is you dream up go for it like it, it and and the work that it that he does is like dude, it's crazy here's here's a small one <laughs> and those are just all how's your couple. how's your neck even holding that you're just holding them and you're helping. Oh, I have another <laughs> one that's worse. Look at, and this is okay. So this is one strap. You can't. Even, it takes two of us to lift them. That's some and big Canada's no, buddy. They're big, and it's no, it's no problem. We've, I mean, obviously we're sitting around a campfire drinking. It's like, how yeah. many can we really put on it? Like, how, like how many can we do? And no, and now joke, becomes a competition. Yeah, I mean, we've we've put on some crazy numbers where it takes four guys to lift a strap up, put it over your back. They don't break. They're great. Yeah. Like you said, they're they're great for the wall too. I'm building yeah. a a duck lodge up in Northern California right now, or I should say down in. So I'm up here. Yeah, in Northern yeah. California right now. Yeah, and I'm gonna have like a wall of like certain straps on it because they're great for the wall. They're yeah. great in the field. 
Mm-hmm. If you get the detachable ones, you don't even need to take the strap in the field. You can, if you're just shooting ducks, you can yeah. just pull off one detachable, hook it onto your blind bag, and then when you get back, you can put right. it back on. Like they're they're super super versatile, which yeah. I think is undervalued. And the price is killer compared to like yeah. these other ones from the stores. It's like, well, those are gonna die Absolutely. in two years. Absolutely. These are good forever. Yeah. So and that's and. You know, you brought up the fact that like they're so versatile and and the utility of them and and all of that. As 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 a group of people, like waterfowlers, like getting stuff to make life easier and the dumb stuff down for us. That that's always the like that's the catch, right? Uh, yep. People are always saying, "What's going to be the next thing? The next big thing for for a duck or a goose hunter, right?" And it's it's got to be something that saves you time, makes life easy for you. Um, and when you talk about these straps, how he hasn't you know blown up yet because and and you're 100 right. Like this is getting handmade. Um, the price is right compared to what's coming out of the big box stores and, and stuff that, you know, you're going to have to replace. Well, you're definitely not, you're not doing multiple hunts with 20, 20 giants on them. You know what I mean? Thanks, babe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that crown. Canada. Yeah, it's, buddy. It's Canadian. See? Yeah. And you, I was in, uh, I was in Missouri. Um, I'm ex military. So I was in Missouri at, at Fort Leonard Wood training a couple of years, bunch of years ago. And, uh, I was in on base and uh, I was picking up, I was picking up beer and they had crown Royal and it was a, like, it was expensive. And I'm like, why is crown Royal expensive? Like that, but it's an import and crown Royal is, it, it is good whiskey. Um, I just didn't realize that it was a big thing in the States and, and it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's my waterfowl. It's my waterfowl. Oh yeah. Drink. That that's, that's it. Well, it's not bad. I mean, on the West, I don't know what it is on the East Coast. On the West Coast, it's between like 19 and 23 bucks usually for a bottle, which isn't oh. terrible. I mean, no, no, that's not compa- bad at in all. Compa- in comparison, it's pretty similar with like Jack Daniels. That's oh, the best okay. way to say it. Or comparable to like, yeah. I think Bullet is a little bit more by like a right. buck or two. Right. But it's for, I mean, that's that's the waterfowl. That's the winter drink. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe the bottle, maybe it was a special bottle or something then because it was, it was expensive. Like it was way more, it was way more than like 20 bucks for the bottle. Like it could have been the reserve one or yeah, maybe, something like that. Maybe something like that. Um, so here's one for you because me and my buddies, we love this whiskey that comes out of the States, but you can only get it in the States. I can't get it in Canada. So anytime anybody goes, south of the border we're always bringing back a pile of it and it's bird dog whiskey and we love this stuff and so many people are like it's shit hold on this is going to be good so that we're still here ladies and gentlemen okay oh yeah what is is that blackberry it's a blackberry Blackberry, yeah Oh no! The see the best. One. The best one is my favorite. Is peach is is, is my favorite. Peach, I'm, okay. I'm a big peach fan, but the blackberry one's good too. But everybody we talk to from the states, they're like, "Bird dog is shit." Like, why are you drinking that? And we're like, "Man, we love it." Have, it's great. Have you guys? So they do it maybe twice a year. Crown Royal to do um, Crown Royal peach. Well, you got the vanilla, so I'm sure they do the peach. Yeah. 
down there too, right? Yeah, they do peach, vanilla, um, apple. Christmas oh, time, there's a cinnamon one. Uh, I don't know about that. The bird dog has a whole bunch of flavors oh, yeah. now. That they, they have like peanut butter chocolate, strawberry, yeah. cherry. Yeah. I've tried the peanut butter one before. It's all right for like yeah. dessert. But I always put like so if I have the blackberry one, I just put it in like blackberry sparkling water too. Yeah. Killer. Yeah. That's, Killer. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> uh yeah. So so there's yeah, so the peanut butter one is good, and then there's screwball which is a peanut butter uh, whiskey that that one's good. But there was a really weird uh, buddy of ours brought one back. It was a bird dog one and it was nasty, man. Like it yeah. was bad. And I, it was some funky flavor, but it was nasty. Wait, and I can't was it the jalapeno what... one, like jalapeno something. I saw it at the store and I looked at them and I was like, I want you to be honest with me. <laughs> How is it? How is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember which one it was. I I know we've had the jalapeno one. Um and I don't think it was that it was something like black cho- it was something like dark chocolate and something. But it was like even just the name of it. I was like, mm, no, no. I, I'm gonna pass on this one and, and yeah. I'm a big fan, but um, but yeah, uh bird dog, but there's so many fellas that are the states that are like, nobody drinks that shit. And I'm like, oh well, fuck, we love it. So um, you know, I've been you- I've been trying to talk. I send, you know, every three, four weeks, I send bird dog whiskey a message through the, through social media. And I'm like, coming to Canada yet? Because uh, we got a bunch <laughs> of dudes that want to. And they're like, soon, soon. It's always soon, 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 soon. Yeah. But we never we ne- hopefully we'll never. get it in sometime. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. So what's on the. So now how late does your season run to? Now, like, will you go right into to the new year, like into January? Oh, yeah. We go yeah, through okay, good. J- January 31st for ducks. Oh, sweet. And then for geese, California has a five-day late season. It generally runs from a Wednesday through a Sunday. Um, it's in February. Yeah. Up in the north north coast of California, you can go till March 31st for late season. Oh, um, For Oregon, it goes pretty late, too for late season i'm not positive on yeah. that one on yeah. the date but it goes pretty late oh wow and it it gets pretty gnarly how what's your season for mls like i i if memory serves you start in like april right uh we start in january for preseason oh. and then this year our first game is or this coming year our yeah. first game is the end of february okay end of february and then runs till november oh shit that's a crazy long. long season. Yeah. But it How does kind of you play a week. One one game a week? Between one and three depends on the time here. Right. Wow. That's insane. That's a crazy long season with a lot of you know, you're talking possibly three games a week. Yeah. Certain weeks. Jeez, that's it, nuts. It's a grind. You go from chasing birds, which is a grind, into that, and it's like, oof. Wow. And yeah. then so you know, you're in the Western Conference, so and I can just imagine that there, there's a ton of teams. But like, how many teams are in your conference? Because that would, and and you'll only stick to the to the West Coast, right? Like, you'll probably like one game or two games here or there that you'll go head over to the East Coast. But you're you're not doing cross country trips every week, right? 
we're doing cross we come to the east coast i would say probably eight to ten times a year um because the conferences keep expanding because the league's growing so i think we had 12 last year maybe 13 so for example like nashville was in the west last year right even though it's all the way out there so yeah we also went to like we went to new york went to toronto we went went to florida we go to kansas city we go to minnesota those both those two teams are in the west so it's like yeah we're traveling a lot um i would say we're going from like the west coast to the east coast back to the west coast probably six seven times a year with like a three game week kind of a thing or wow depending on how the schedule lines up but yeah it's a lot of travel you're just on average you're gone at least every other week um wow sometimes we'll leave on thursday get home sunday morning at like 4 a.m depending where we're playing at and then we're back at back to work on monday so it's just like it's it's travel but to be fair we're all used to it. we've been doing it since we were 15 right so it's it's not new to us it's just when you say it to other people they go that's a lot of travel yeah but for us it's just like it's just normal okay yeah fair fair um for you guys but then you know while i'm ex-military so you know i did a a lot of traveling for for us the biggest was was our wives right because for us um we could care less because we were always with our buddies and and we were you know we sort of knew what we were getting into it was the wives sometimes they didn't really know (laughs) didn't know what they were signing up for right um yeah but you know that that's when you know that's the way we used to always we knew you had a good one when when they could put up with the, the <laughs> amount of time that you were gone and and they still like to see you when you come back um the be- but now i'll tell you this since i've retired and i'm home all the time um now my <laughs> wife tries to kick me out she's like don't you don't you want to go away hunting for a week or something like that and i'm like yeah <laughs> I, actually i do I actually do <laughs> yeah so perhaps i'll i'll book a trip and we'll go i'll go away somewhere she's like yeah because you're just in my face all the time now and, and you know she done she done almost 20 years of me being gone all the time and and then now i'm in her face all the time yeah she's like it's time for you to go away go see your buddies for a couple of days or something like this perfect yeah <laughs> yeah so so that's what you got to look forward to buddy um it, it, it's not all that bad i, I promise yeah. you um that's cool like uh, and and when you said you were in Toronto and, and even Montreal, like, what do you have? Uh, like, what's your schedule? So say you let's say you land in Toronto on a for a for a Saturday game. Um, OK, like, do you show up in Toronto on Friday and and get used to and in the hotel and getting used to everything play Saturday and then Sunday you're on a plane to the next game? Is that how it works? We will actually find Thursday for a Saturday game. Okay. And if we're changing two time zones, we'll yeah. come in two days early. Right. Um, we'll train in the morning um, local. We'll yeah. go from the training facility straight to the airport, hop a flight from the airport, land. Usually get in at like, because of the time change, around yeah. like 10. We'll mm-hmm. have dinner, wake up the next day, train, treatment meetings, yeah. um, dinner, and then play the next night go straight so if we play at 7 p.m in toronto yeah we'll get done at like 9 20 9 30 yeah we'll leave straight from the stadium go back to the airport and fly straight home so we'll Whoa. land on on that kind of trip we'll probably land at about 2 30 yeah um okay so and then so trying to plan a hunt while you're in toronto is is no good because i'm like i'm literally like 
two hours away from Toronto, right? I'm nowhere. I'm just yeah. down the highway. So, uh, yeah, planning a planning a hunting trip while you're in Toronto, that's no go away. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a no. And we also play in like the middle of the year or two. So it's not even hunting season yeah, at that true, point. True. Um, we start, I mean, not start, but usually we're on the East coast. They try to do it. So you're not doing it at the end of the year. So you're doing mm-hmm. it like August and before. Okay. Yeah. Cause, kinda works out that yeah. Way. Cause like our snow season, our snow season, like we get a, we get into the big, snow, like Montreal, like they get into the big snow season, like in March, like that's, yeah. that's, that's prime time for snows in around that's Montreal. Crazy. Yeah. Like that's prime time. And that's, that's merch. Um, and my, and Montreal, like that area around Montreal, like that's insane for snow geese. Insane. You um, guys are, uh, no plugs and e-calls, right? No plugs. Uh, no, no, we have, we have to have plugs. We can't have the extended mags, the extended okay. tubes. Uh, yeah. but we can use e-collars. We can use e-collars, but no, uh, so, but no plugs or, or we have to have plugs in our, in our, yeah. Plugs. Yeah. So we're only like three shots, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's California's no e-calls and you have to have a plug in three shots, even in conservation season. They call it conservation season. Wow. It's not comfort. No <laughs> e-callers. Yeah. Plugs in. If yeah. you could run e-callers and, and run extended in California. Yeah. The, oh, it'd be, it, yeah. it would get it quick. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I'd lo- I'd like to try it. Like I really would. I'd like I'd like to be able to to go on a hunt one time where and I don't like how many how many shells can you put in a gun that that's got the extended tube? Like what are you putting in there? Like 10, 12? I, I think it goes from eight to twelve, depending all you all you big boys shoot twelve gauge. I shoot a twenty gauge. So that's I what I, I just switched eight. this year. I just switched this go. year to to the twenty. Um, and, and Phil, one of the guys that's on the show here with me and Dave, actually Dave, my business partner, he dropped down to a 28 this year. Those are expensive to shoot. Shells are expensive. (laughs) Well, (laughs) finding the shells was, was the hard thing for him up in Canada. Like we, he just couldn't, he had a really hard time trying to find them up here. Um, but yeah, like he, he dropped down to a 28. Um, I'm shooting a 20 uh our other buddy phil shoots a 20 yeah and i'll i don't think i'll i don't think i'll ever go back to a 12 to be honest with you Uh, i sold all mine five years ago oh really i don't own one now it's only 20s wow what are you what are you shooting for like what's your what's your go-to this year the last two years it's been the sbe3 yeah um before that though the best i think it's the best waterfall gun ever built they stopped building it it was the A400 light and 20 gauge. Yeah. <clears throat> Beretta discontinued it because it wouldn't cycle low, like low base yeah. shells. Yeah. So they kicked it out. I've been trying to find another one ever since because I had one. Yeah. And then uh, I still have it. I got it all custom done. It's all like white now for like laying in snow spreads. Oh, sick. it's It's sweet, but it's, yeah. it's actually right behind me on the bed too. <laughs> but uh, I've been trying <laughs> yeah. to find another one. I hmm. can't find one. Uh, that's Sad, what I, I but, shoot an A four hundred now. That's what I that so I was a newer one. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's yeah. So uh, it was crazy here in Canada. So I couldn't even get one in Canada. The only one I could find was the Upland, the A four hundred Upland. Uh, like I couldn't, I yeah. couldn't even get anything in camouflage. But it, like, it's okay. I'll probably just, go, I'll probably go Cerakote it anyways. You go get your gun. I'm gonna grab a beer. It's literally right here. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is uh this show has been both of us. <laughs> both of us so been here's Oh the, yeah, buddy. The white one. This is oh, my snow gun. That so it's is all, it's all done with that like Cerakote yeah. distressed one. Yeah, that's cool, dude. I really dig yeah. that. Oh. That's sweet. This is the I mean it's used the butt plates all like worn out and i got yeah that one, gives us some character man hey this is my this is my favorite gun i ever bought and then i pulled a bonehead move and it was like pouring down rain one time and everything and i was like 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 cold windy like one yeah. of those like nasty great duck day nasty day right yeah put it in like the gun safe after or put it in the truck forgot mm. to like clean it choked you rusted in how oh. to send it back they had to re-thread the that cut the oh. choke out, re-thread it. So now it's rem chokes. Oh, it's like oh my god! So I've been looking for another one. So I have like, it. and I don't know why the barrels on those guns. It's almost as much as the guns, eight hundred bucks. And I was oh, like, yeah. no. Well, we <laughs> oh, had crazy. We had a a guy uh, Scott Shepard um, on the show uh, a bunch of months ago, and Scott used to work for Beretta. He was he was one of their big sales dudes or, yeah. or and anyways he was explaining and and I can't I can't give the explanation, but he was given the explanation on Beretta barrels. And I didn't realize how much thought went into the barrel because it's just, like I just uh, there's no rifling in it, right? So I'm just like yeah. it's, it's just you're just throwing well steel down it. Steel like, together, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I didn't think that there was that much technology or thought put into a barrel of a shotgun, but he was explaining, man, it's, it's pretty crazy. So I believe it when you say 800, God, that sounds, that seems like a lot, it's a lot. 800, <laughs> 800 bucks like, for a barrel. Berettas and Benelli barrels are like crazy expensive. They're crazy. So I was like, I was talking to the, the place I sent it. Yeah. And he's like, well, we can cut it. And I go, well, if you're going to cut it below 26, let me know. Because mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I won't even do it. Like, just send it back. I, I won't do it. Like, yeah. it's not. So then they went through all, like, their books and research. He goes, I think we can put rem chokes in it. I go, great. Sounds yeah. good. Put yeah. them in. So now it's a rem choke gun. And it's funny. I got a choke, like, cut out of it. I only shoot one choke anyway. I should have just yeah. left it in and had them Cerakote it. But whatever. Yeah. So got that one back. That's <laughs> funny. It, it, it's funny because I, I like when you said you only shoot one, you only shoot one choke. And I, I tried to, I, I think it, it had a lot to do with, I, I think I just, I was trying to, to seem like I knew a lot of stuff or, you know what I mean? And, and people to be like, so what are you like? I shoot, um, if I'm shooting ducks, uh, well now like, uh, at a 20 gauge, right. I shoot number fours. I shoot number fours out of my 20 gauge i have oh. no idea what what uh feet per second it is i have no idea what the ounce load is i just say give me a box of number fours and that's it i i've got the factory choke that that i you know what i mean like i don't i really don't get into all this um special like i gotta have a choke for this and choke for that and and i'm i only shoot this weight uh, bead and and stuff. I'm just like, just give me give me a box of number fours and and uh, and I'll just run it through my uh, my modified choke and and I'm good, you know. I'm the exact opposite. 
Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> I shoot <laughs> I shoot full choke at everything. It never changes. Really? It's always full. And I only shoot Kent twos. Okay. I only shoot the fast ones. They're seven, eight ounce. They're fifteen fifty. Yeah. It's the only I don't change for ducks, geese, pheasant, nothing. It's all it's Ooh. the same shot. It's the same shell every single time. If I'm shooting teal or if I'm shooting mallards, I shoot I never change it. It's the oh, exact really? same exact same setup yeah oh so i'll shoot so when i'm shooting uh early season geese mm, no that's a lie i shouldn't say that um geese i'll switch to number twos but if i'm shooting ducks it's it's number fours um yeah. i won't go i won't i won't go anything any bigger than fours for ducks but but for geese i'll go twos but then if like this time of the year if i was to go hunt geese now i'd be looking at bb um just because they're just they just got that much fat on them right now. And, and, um, just trying to get through those feathers right now. Uh, I, I would, I would probably try BB right now, but I'm not a big goose. Like that's, I, I sort of chuckled when you said that you're like, that's your thing is, is geese. And I'm yeah. just like, man, with all the ducks, that's a But I guess if, if there's a pile of ducks around you and geese are sort of the, the exception to the rule, well, then I could see why you would want to, to shoot geese more because that's, we have more geese here than we do ducks. Right. Okay. Um, and I would, I would much, I would pick a mallard hunt over anything in the entire world. Um, uh, oh yeah. You gotta yeah. come to the West coast. Yeah. I the do. North, the Northwest is it's wild up here. I mean, I would say the main the main duck in Washington is mallard, hundred percent. I don't care what anyone says. The eastern part of Washington shoots more mallards than Arkansas, hundred percent. Really? More. Yeah, they smash them. It's it's crazy because everyone talks about like going to the timber, yeah, and and like shooting mallards there, yeah. But they don't realize that when they really stack them up there, they're shooting yeah. rice fields out there, right? They're they're smashing them out. There. Yeah, don't get me wrong. There are some unreal timber hunts, but when they're really putting piles down, they're shooting them out of rice. They're not shooting them in the timber, right? Right. So right, it's just right. different than you come out to the West Coast, like especially if you go to Eastern Washington, you're shooting in corn ponds, and I'm telling, it's the best. There's one place in particular up there. It's called Eagle Lakes Lodge. Yeah. It's the best mallard hunting in the whole U.S. And I can't be convinced otherwise. It's unbelievable. Wow. Like that's, unbelievable. That's, a, that's an impressive statement to make. Like, and I, I've. I have buddies that go down to Stuttgart and do all these things. Yeah. And we all talk about it and we we're all on the same thing. Like this one area in Washington and the owner's name is Mike Bernson and they have it down to it. They have it down. Like if you wow. took six buddies out there. That's Eagle Lake. You said it, it's called Eagle Lakes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look them it's, up. It's the best waterfowl hunting for mallards in yeah. the U S. Wow. And I'll, and I'll put, and I will put money on it. Like with anyone who wants to be like, Oh no, the South. No, there. Wow. Hands we down. didn't get a chance. And just because I heard your dog clicking, clicking his nails as he's coming in. So what are you, what are you doing for competition dogs labs? Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. here, 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 here. This is nitro. Nice. This is my competition boy. Off. Um, run field trials. Yeah. Do some hunt tests for fun, but mainly field trials. Yep. Uh, how's how's he doing? He's doing good. He's a puppy still. He's two and a half. Oh wow. He's a baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have an older dog, Bandit, who's retired. He ran hunt tests. He was a master hunter. Okay. Um but this guy's gonna run field trials. That's yeah. more 
more his speed. Okay. Yeah. And then no. we have then we have the truck dog. Fred, here. Here. You had the what? The truck dog? Truck dog. This is Fred. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, this is a good looking boxer, buddy. Brindle boxer. Yeah. Good boy. Off. Yeah. That's the truck That's dog. awesome. That's awesome. Um, the field trial. So my dog's my dog's sire was um the all points champion in the states this is 2022 so i'm gonna say 2018 2018 2019 um he was the all points champion in in the states um uh tucked away at river's edge i think i don't know what his call name i don't know what his call name was but um anyways yeah uh amazing dogs uh and i'm just a, a regular dude and my buddy helps me train who who he okay. could be a, he could be a pro if he wanted to but he he sticks to the amateur side um yeah. and i don't even i haven't even scratched the surface on on her potential yet um yeah. she's a high speed dog and and i'm a a low speed kind of guy so <laughs> i i don't think i've i've even come close to watch what she's capable of doing just because yeah. of her pedigree um but uh it it's fun it's that's it's definitely sure. fun Oh yeah, buddy. Um, David, buddy, we're at that hour mark, and and I could stay on here and chat with you all night long because it's been it's been a fucking good time. It's been fun, but um, I find most people after they listen to my voice for about an hour, then they <laughs> they tend to get a little bit. All right, it's time for you to be quiet now. So, uh, <laughs> buddy, um, thanks so much for coming on. I, I really, I really do mean that. And, and I'd like to give you an open invite anytime you want, like, don't wait for me to, to reach back out to you. If you ever want to jump on, bring some of your buddies on and we just shoot the shit and talk about you smashing mallards. Um, I'd be all for it. Oh, that sounds good. I'll definitely, uh, I'll be down in California soon and talk to my buddy, Steve down there. They yeah. kept up. Oh talk yeah. To him. He's, he's definitely, and don't get us wrong. We'll shoot spoonies too out in california so watch out hollywood hey Uh, they they both got green heads that's right buddy awesome (laughs) dude um thanks so much again for coming on buddy i really do uh really do appreciate it it was awesome to meet you we've been chatting back and forth for a while and it's it's good to finally uh, chat with you face to face even though it's we're thousands of miles apart but uh again i appreciate it buddy any last words to you no thanks for having me i appreciate it and hopefully we'll connect soon and we got to get you out here to the west coast and big time how we do it over here absolutely ladies and gentlemen this is episode 126 of the union 0430 like we always say we will never pretend to be someone we're not we're just a bunch of dudes that love talking waterfowl and hanging out with some cool guests big love until next time